Hello, and welcome to the first episode of SBCCDTA's podcast. That's San Bernardino Community College District Teachers Association's podcast. I'm Brandi Bayless, and I will be your host for today. I teach math at Crafton, and I'm one of the full-time reps, along with Jeff Cervantes for Crafton Hills College. The goal of this podcast is to increase communication with our members. Currently, we have monthly luncheons at both campuses, and we also have regular emails that contain union updates. But not everyone can make our meetings, and we all have way too many emails, so we're making this podcast as a way for our members to listen to updates on their own schedule. Whether commuting between colleges, working out, or doing the dishes, you can now stay up to date wherever you are and whatever your schedule. This podcast will be pretty short. We are trying to get it posted in time for the adjunct orientations so that when you get there, we can tell you about the podcast and show you how to uh, subscribe to it. But we have more information coming soon, especially regarding the elections for board in November. So please hit the subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with everything we have to share with you. I want to make one more plug, and that's for our website, sbccdta.org. Uh, it has important updates, it has your union contract, it has how to contact the union, and it has our calendar. Um, the calendar has links at the bottom that allow you to add it to your own Google Calendar or Outlook Calendar, and you can also print it from the website. So if you're interested in attending those lunches and you're having a hard time remembering them, that is a good solution for you. The lunches at Crafton are the third Wednesday of every month from 11.45 to 1, and they're in LRC 226. So that's the main floor of the library, and they're on the left past the stairs. We also have donuts the following Thursday, so the third Thursday of every month, and that's hosted by Ted. And he does that, I believe, in LRC 110, and it's from 9.30 to whenever people stop showing up for donuts which is usually like 1030. Uh, and Valley also does lunches. They are in the sunroom at Valley College and they are on the fourth Wednesday of every month from 12 to one. All right, welcome to our podcast. Our next segment will be with uh, the union president, Meredith McLaurin, and she will give us updates on what's going on with the union and any upcoming plans that we have for fall. Okay, I'm here with Meredith McLaurin, who is the president of the union, right? And you yeah. started that in June? I did. How's I did. the presidenting going? Do you feel presidential? <laughs> I, I feel very, uh, I don't know about presidential yet. Um, <laughs> busy. It's been, it's been getting busier and busier. Um, lots of stuff, lots of meetings. So, but it's good. It's yeah. good. I'm happy. I'm mm -hmm. glad that you like it. Um, yeah. We like having you as president. <laughs> Keeps all the meetings entertaining. Yes. And you work at Crafton right now? I do. I teach child development at Crafton Hills College. Mm. Okay. And so with the president of the union and teaching, are you doing like half and half? How does that work? Um, it's a little less than I, I do have some release time for being the union president. Um, and But I am still also teaching um, a couple classes. So it's not quite half and half. It's a little more release time for the union than teaching. Um, but I will still be here on campus, and this will be my main place. This right, will be so on this a is your home. This is my home, yes. Okay, um, and you're over here in the child development building yep. that nobody can find. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of nice down here, quiet and out of the way. Okay, so, so what have you been so busy with on the union? Um, so most of it probably started at the end of last year. We were finishing up our contract negotiations. 
um, which I think ended actually very successfully. We had um, quite a few things that we wanted to accomplish and we were able to get them into the contract. Uh, one of the biggest things that we got were salary increases. So full-time, yes, full-time, part-time, instructional, non-instructional, everybody uh, will see a salary increase for this year. Um, which was 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 good. It was de de definitely needed, um, and I think everybody was very happy with the outcomes of it. I was happy when I saw mine. I was too. <laughs> Jumped right on there. Did some calculations. <laughs> exactly. Figure out what my new paycheck is going to look laptop. like. New laptop. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think everybody was very very happy with that. Definitely something that we needed, um, but not done. Mm, it's not done. We will continue to work on salaries again this so year. Are we at the median? And what do we mean when we say median? Um, no, we are not at the median. So the median comes from looking at our seven comparison colleges. We've identified seven colleges in our area that we um, compare our salaries to. So we're not going to like Orange County or San Francisco. Uh, we look at the colleges around us. Um, we have certain cells on the on the um, salary schedule that we look at and we do some comparisons to see how we basically match up or how we compare to those other colleges. Um, we are not at median. We are still below the median salary if you average all those salaries. We, um, we're closer. We're much closer. The salary increase this year definitely put us closer than we have been ever in the past. Um, but we still have some work to do. So we will and our, start negotiating. Our salary increase this year was higher than other salary increases over the past years, right? Oh, yes. In the, the last 10 one. years. Actually, I don't know. And I tried to find in the history of our salary increases if we've ever had one as high as we're going to have this year. And I, talking to some of the faculty who have worked here for, you know, 20, 30 years, they cannot remember ever an increase this high. So how long good. did that take you guys? Um, it took the entire year. It took oh, wow. the entire year of negotiations. We submitted our first proposal in the fall. Um, and we did not finalize until uh, May. I think it was May. We finally finished up. April. No, I guess it, it was April. Um, we finally had to do just a bunch of back and forth flurry of activity and finished right. April. And the back and forth is between the union negotiations and, and... And the district negotiations team. So the union has a team of negotiators. The district has a team of negotiators. Um, and basically we pass proposals. We tell them what we want, how we want it. They come back and say, we can give you this. We can't give you this. This is what we want. And it just goes back and forth the entire year until we come to agreement. And picturing like the accountant scene and the uh -huh. producer. It's just like all the green right. and the calculator. Yes, it is. It's just back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. Um, and we were fortunate. We had a fabulous lead negotiator who was really very good, very organized, kept on top of it. And who um, is that? Uh, so Amy Avalar was our lead negotiator last year. Um, and this year it's going to be Patricia Menchaca. Oh, that's great. going to take over for doing that. And so, right. so other than salaries, what did we work for last year? Um, so the other thing we got, we redid the workload article. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, uh, it's quite a large article. We redid the entire thing. There were quite a few places in there that needed to be addressed. Hadn't been looked at in years. Some of them were kind of vague and unclear. And so we just went in and cleaned up that entire article. Also worked on that for the entire year um, because it was so large. Um, some of the highlights are the main points of the workload article that we got uh, were paid office hours for adjunct. We have, we have, our adjuncts have always been very good about dedicating their time and, you know, staying to help students, but it has not always been a compensated um, part of their job. And uh, now it will be. Will be. 
So adjunct will be compensated for a certain number of hours every week or for over the course of the semester based on their teaching. So they just need to come in and fill out some paperwork like for their PD time? Uh, no. In fact, at this point, there's going to be no paperwork since it is a required part of their job now. It will simply be automatically paid to them. That's great. So they can just keep doing the good work they've been mm -hmm. doing and meeting the students like they have and they don't have to do anything extra. Nope. Now they'll just be paid for Correct. it. And they will have posted office hours just like full time. So they will submit their office hours. They will be... Okay, so, so that should be submitted to their dean? Yes, uh, or, the, or the secretary, the division secretary will probably collect that, but it will be posted office hours, which they will be required to do, but then they will also just be paid for it. All right, and, and they can just do those anywhere on campus? Yes, yes. Okay, but just on campus? Yes, they have to be on campus, and they'll just put where they are and what time, and then it will be it will be done. That is great news. Yes, it was very good. Um, the other thing that we got for part-timers, we got seniority list and rehire rights. So um, in the past, it was not always very clear whether if they worked one semester, they would you know, be given a class the following semester. And now that is in our contract, that if as long as they have a, po a positive evaluation, they will be given or offered at least you know, one class for the next semester, um, and they will have first right of refusal for those classes. And that is good news. I know when I was an adjunct, it could be hard to get a line of credit or a home loan because mm -hmm. I didn't have guaranteed employment. Right. And so now they have that. They will have it, and it's in the contract. So that is great news for them. Come. Yep. Um, the other thing that we also worked out um, in the contract, not necessarily in the workload, but in the contract, was um, issues with payroll. We've had in the last year or so a number of issues with faculty not being paid um, or not being paid the right amount or at the right time. Um, and the contract, um, we kind of tightened that up a little bit so that it's it's clear you know, what happens if, you know, if you are not paid correctly, um, the amount of time that the district has to rectify uh, the situation. In the past, they sometimes waited really long times. They expected people or faculty to write hardship letters because they didn't pay, and we felt that that was not really an appropriate it's thing to It's always hard to not get paid. <laughs> exactly, and to have to, now you have to talk about why this is a hardship. But, <laughs> Um, so we, we fixed that. We shortened the timeline for how much time the district has to pay when they make mistakes. Um, and also pointed out that if you are overpaid, that they, the district can only take so much out um, at a time to repay it. And that seems like a weird thing, but we've had this come up. I've had it come up for myself, and I've heard several other um, instructors mention that either they were given the wrong pay or they took sick time and it wasn't um, deducted from their pay correctly, and then they essentially just lost entire paychecks. Like right. the district just came and said, we gave you too much, so we're not gonna pay you next month at all. Right. We're just gonna take the whole paycheck next month to cover so that back pay, and that is not okay. That's not okay. It's very clear in the contract that you must meet with them, you must discuss the terms of repayment and how much they will take out um, so that they're not coming in and just pulling out your entire paycheck. Okay, so let's say one of these things happens with payroll. Either they didn't pay me enough or they're trying to take my paycheck because of an overpayment issue. What should my first step be? So your first step would be to call payroll. Just call payroll, talk to payroll and see if they're aware of it, if they can explain to you what happened or why, um, if what their plans are for fixing it, the timelines, those kind of things. Um, if you don't get uh, an answer that you think Think is satisfactory or does not follow what the contract says, by all means reach out to somebody from the union. Does it matter who I call at the union? No. You can get hold of anybody. The list of union uh, executive board is on the website. You can contact any of them or anyone that you know or maybe you have a, you know direct contact with somebody from the exec board. Talk to them. Let them know. They will pass the information on to who needs it in order to start the process. 
okay. um, to see whether it requires just maybe a call from the president to find out what's going on. Sometimes just that. that Sometimes extra. just that's enough to get it going, or if it's going to become something that requires a grievance, um, and then we have grievance yeah. officers on our This is one of those situations that's so stressful to be in, so mm -hmm. it's nice to have a plan in advance. Like, if this comes up for me, I already know what I should right. do. Right. Right, so it's great news that we'll have their back and they have some way of contacting us. They can go to the website, like you said, and contact us through that and see the executive board. But if not, they can also call us at 909-881-6755. That's the union number. It's on the website, which is sbccdta.org. It just rolls right off the it tongue. Does. Now I know. <laughs> S-B-C-C-D-T-A. Org, which is the San Bernardino Community College District Teachers Association org. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, that by all means reach out if, if you're having issues or if even if you're not sure, if something comes up and you're not sure, it just doesn't seem right, um, reach out, ask questions, ask one of us. We can certainly respond and let you know um, whether or not it is an issue with the contract. Um, whether it's not, but sometimes it might be an issue with somebody else, and we can certainly direct you um, to another resource or somebody else on campus or at the district office who may be able to help you with that issue if it's not a union issue. Yeah, so by so all means, help, reach out. Help. We have a network of people that we can reach right. out to. You are there. And then, um, did we manage to keep parking? We did. We That disappeared off one of the proposals that came from the district. All of a sudden, free parking was gone. Um, <laughs> and we just assumed that the district had made a mistake, and we put it back on for them for the next so one. so kind of you to it just correct that mistake for them. <laughs> it was. So parking here is still free, and we just show up, and where do we go? Yes. So uh, for part-timers, when you come to the part-time orientation, uh, they will have your parking pass and everything ready at that point. Um, if you don't or aren't able to come to that, then you will just see your division secretary when you sign your contract they will have your parking uh, permit available yeah. for you easy yes it is very easy and it's nice it's especially nice for part-timers who are oftentimes working at multiple colleges to have to pay for parking at each of those places um, can be very expensive yeah and having them. to remember it too yes. like that was my hardest thing as yes. an adjunct paying for it wasn't fun right but remembering to do it right and not right. having to buy a parking pass yes. like one day at a time for yes. the first week right <laughs> and I for me you know if you ever switch cars or, you know, yeah. then if it's in your other car, it was always an issue. So now it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Free parking, it's right there. Mm -hmm. So um, other things that were in the contract that we were able to work on were the was the department chair job description and compensation. Um, that had not been looked at for many, many years. So we sat down and really looked at what were the original duties? Are we still doing those duties? Um, do we need to add ones, you know, that we are now currently doing? Um, and then we looked at the compensation piece. Uh, the main thing that fact or the department chairs told us they needed was time, um, time to do all of these things that they're expected to do as department chairs. Um, and so that was something we were able to negotiate. So we, we negotiated time for our chairs yep. so I can stop seeing so many frazzled, yes. crazy looking yes. chairs in the hallway. Yes, <laughs> you can get release time to do <laughs> the duties that you need to do as a department Which chair. Which is great. There are a lot of chair responsibilities. There are. There are, and we we did add a few more, and so this was part of our our justification was we they need time. If you want your chairs to do these really important 
you know, parts of campus work, then they need the time to do it. And, I know. And craft uh, and chairs have really been our rock, our, our unchanging and reliable part of the administration kind of process. Yes. Because um, we've had a lot of turnover. And it's been great for me personally, being a new employee, to always have the same chair. Yes. Because as much as my dean has changed, right. I've always had my chair to go to and ask right. questions. Right. And so this is hopefully something that we will be able to continue. It'll be more appealing to be a chair um, since you will have the time to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So that was part of that, which we were very happy with. Um, uh, other things, upcoming things that we will continue to work on. So in addition to salary, so we will come back and, and work towards getting to median. Um, the other thing we will also be working on is the flexible calendar. Uh, we currently have an 18-week semester, which is very, very long, both for students and faculty. <laughs> Start to lose um, steam there. <laughs> yes, and by week 16, 17, you can see it in their eyes, <laughs> and you can see it in the faculty's eyes. Um, and so what we are looking at doing is uh, reducing the instructional time down to 16 weeks or, or less for late start classes. Um, and then adding the, those extra two weeks would be for faculty to do professional development. What? To, to prepare for our classes? Prepare for classes. <laughs> Imagine that. So is 16 weeks, is that like an arbitrary number? How do we come up with 16? Um, 16 seems to be, we have to have a certain number of days of instruction, and that gets us to that point, um, which a lot of the colleges around us are already doing. They're already at that number of days of instruction. Um, and so it doesn't mean that we work less. The faculty would still have the same amount of time over the course of the semester because they would be teaching a little bit more, like longer blocks each day. Um, still the same number of hours, same number of units for the classes, but the additional time would be more our time to kind of do what we classes, need to do. To finally edit my slides and take out exactly. the typo on the slide typo. 23 that right. I've been looking at for two years. And for me to find a new video, not from the 90s anymore, right. <laughs> that illustrates the point no I want to make. Exactly. Um, so that's something we'll continue to work on. Um, another thing we're going to work on is lecture lab parity. This is something actually that part-timers do already have, uh, but full-time faculty do not. Um, currently, if you are teaching lecture it's, uh, you know, three hours of lecture equals load, is a point two load. Um, but for lab, it is not true. You have to work three hours for every one hour, basically, of load. Um, so it means the faculty who are in lab classes are working many, many more hours in a week um, than, than someone doing a straight lecture. Um, and this is not, it's not okay. We, we were able to bargain this for part-timers a couple of years ago, but now we need to get it for full-time. Okay, so for the district, are they reimbursed at the same rate for lectures in lab? Or are they reimbursed less for lab? And that maybe that's why we're not paid at the same rate? Yeah, no, no, they are reimbursed at the exact same rate. So for the state, when they do reimbursement, it does not matter to them whether it's an hour of lecture or an hour of lab, they receive the same exact amount of money. Um, and so for three hours of lab, they receive three hours of reimbursement, but they only end up paying out one hour to the faculty member. Okay, so as a faculty member, I would have to teach three times as much to be able to teach labs yes. um, than I would have to teach yes. for a lecture. Yes. But for the district, a student in lecture and a student in lab, same student. Same Makes amount. no difference. It makes no difference to them. They're being reimbursed at those rates. Okay, and so that's why we're arguing for lecture lab parity yes. on our side, the people that are actually in the classroom. Yes. And it does have some financial implications to the district, we realize that, but there are many districts who have figured this out and are able to do this. And so that will be another thing that we're going to work on. We are um, convening a committee to really sit down and work on this and really come up with a plan for how we move towards this in the future. How is that committee um, selected? 
Um, we have done it based on people who are interested. Usually it's people working in the sciences who have these labs, who have some kind of vested interest in figuring <laughs> this out. Um, but it's we put out a, a call to anybody who's interested in serving on this committee. Um, and the district will also have like administration people who will be on their side and then we will have faculty on our side from both campuses um, who are part of the committee to help. Okay, so it's, it's one committee for both Valley and Crafton. Mm -hmm. Yes, one committee, one district. Okay, so we get committee. Mm -hmm. from our sister college, mm -hmm. that is our yes. full yes. sister. And so that <laughs> that will go out. Um, and again, it, it's a committee that part-timers could serve on if they were interested in that. Um, we can certainly, you know, have part-timers on that committee. Um, but the calls will go out probably, in the, you know, in the first week or so of school to get started. Okay, so look for that email to come mm -hmm. in your inbox. I know that you're going to get a lot of emails, yes. but look for that email. That one, that one is, because, you know, if you want to serve on one more committee, <laughs> you can do that one. Um, so we're going to be doing that. Um, other, uh, just, so I think that's the probably most part of the contract. Just other information I think is important to put out there is that um, it's really important that we have part-time um, input into, you know, what's going on in the union, into our decision-making. Um, fa Full-time faculty, you know, have their own issues and concerns, but they're sometimes a different than part-time. And so we need that feedback from part-time faculty as well as full-time about what we're doing, what we need to work on, what's going well. Um, and so we do have two uh, part-time representatives on our executive board for the union. Uh, we have a representative from Valley, which is Mona Jazieri, um, and we have a representative from Valley, which is Elliot Kim. So Mona is actually from Crafton? Crafton, I'm sorry, did I yeah. say Valley? I'm sorry, <laughs> she's from Crafton. Mona is from Crafton, and Elliot is from Valley, um, and they come to our executive board meetings. They, they are the ones who bring the information to us, point out things that sometimes we may not have thought about in terms of part-time faculty. Um, and so it's a really important position um, for them to serve, and we are very, very excited that we have both of them serving this year. And we're also planning on getting more events in the evening that maybe some of our adjuncts can get to. Yes, yes. Currently we have, I know Valley has a couple of pizza nights um, scheduled for part-timers to help get, reach those part-timers who come in the evening. That, our Crafton is also going to do um, some events that we don't have them scheduled quite yet, but they will be, and they will be on the calendar that is also on the website. Perfect. So, um, and then we also have a part-time position on our negotiations team. Um, it's not filled, so if that is something that someone, a part-timer would be interested in, in uh, working with the negotiations, Negotiations team. That's also a really important piece that we have. Um, and these positions do come with stipends. So okay. the stipends are not going to fully cover all of the time that will be involved with doing this, but at least it is something to recognize that it is a time commitment um, and part timers should be reimbursed. Okay, so we have two positions for part-time our adjunct faculty on the executive board, yes. and both of those are taken. Those are currently filled, yes. And then we have one open position on negotiations. On negotiations. Negotiations is a big commitment, right? It is a pretty, pretty big commitment. It is. We meet typically the second and fourth Fridays of the month. Um, and we do that the entire year. Sometimes by the end, when we're right at the end in the crunch time, we'll start meeting a little bit more frequently. Um, but it is, again, it is a pretty big time commitment. But I personally, I've served on negotiations. I find it fascinating. I think it's really interesting. It really gives you a good sense of what's going on and where's the district sitting in terms of their thinking about things um, or what they're not really thinking about and why we need to explain that 
yeah. those things to them. <laughs> so these two two Fridays a month, mm-hmm. and half of them would be at the district office, which is by the airport in San mm-hmm. Marino, by the State of Brothers main office, and mm-hmm. then the other half would be at the union office, which is in the Del Rosa area. Yes. Yes, we are at 1997 East Marshall Drive in San Bernardino. Just up from the Target. I always go past the Target, the Del Rosa Target. That's how I get there. I I go past the little bridge because it's easy to spot. There's a little bridge with a white picket fence, and that's where I turn abruptly for the union. That's where you go. Um, But, yeah, so we will do half the meetings there. And oftentimes, at least with the meetings at the union office, we have food because we realize Food and we have a candy cupboard. And we have a candy cupboard, which is, is very full of candy. Exactly, which is we always show people that first. <laughs> Union office candy cupboard yeah, and a coffee machine and a coffee machine. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, and thank you for all the information. Was there anything else you wanted to mention from your highlights? I think I covered most of it. I'm sure we'll have more highlights as negotiations begins here pretty soon. Yes, negotiations and elections. And elections. For our board will come up in November. Yes, in so November. We'll get um, input from the union on who we're going to endorse and what should what should yes. happen in November. Yep. So we will have many more little <laughs> podcast sessions available for people to get information. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, me again, Brandy, here to thank you for listening and to remind you to hit that subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with your local union. Uh